Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, indeed, we come this evening to worship the gift that you have given to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We indeed know that even though he is born as a child and laid in a manger, that indeed one day the nails will pierce his hands and the sword his side as he's nailed to a cross for the fullness of the sins of the whole world. Lord, remind us that salvation belongs to you and you sent him into our world and named him Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. We just sang it, very last words of the hymn, Jesus, the Son of Mary. It continues the theme that we have been taking a look at during our Advent worship services, if you have tuned in online. And, and I got to tell you tonight, it's just a little strange preaching to faces, or at least half faces. It is so good to see you all. There are a couple of threads, if you will, that wind through all of our readings this evening. The first one is, I think, rather obvious. It is that God is unfolding his plan of salvation, his plan to bring into this world his only son, Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace. And yet there is also another thread that winds through our many readings this evening. Some of you maybe picked up on it a little bit, but maybe not. Uh, if you were not here at the earlier service, I will ask, anybody pick it up? Nobody's brave enough. You're all afraid, right? Well, let's take a look. You see, in our first reading this evening from the Gospel of Luke, we hear that wonderful account of, of Zechariah who is, is in the Levi, Levitical priesthood and, and his group, his group of Abijah has been chosen. Uh, it's their turn to serve in the temple and, and Zechariah is chosen by Lot to go in and to burn the incense at the altar of incense. And he gets in there and everybody else is outside and he's in there for a long time and he's in there because when he gets to the altar of incense, you see there is this angel standing at the right side of the altar and here's what it says. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. Later in that same reading, after John is born and it is time to circumcise him on the eighth day, and they're having a little bit of an argument over what to name him because they don't think he should be named John, 
And finally, Zechariah writes out on the tablet, his name is John. And then all of a sudden, Zechariah, who has been mute for the entire pregnancy, is now able to speak. And the text says, and fear came on all their neighbors. At the very end of that text, you see... Zechariah, as he begins to prophesy at the wonderful birth of his own son, shares these words. That we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. In our second reading this evening, we see a young woman living in the backwater town of Nazareth in the faraway place of Galilee. And as she goes about her task, suddenly an angel appears to her. And the text tells us she was greatly troubled at the saying and afraid. And the angel says to her, do not be afraid, Mary. And then... We know that not only was Mary visited by an angel, but Joseph himself, even though it wasn't in our text this evening, wrong slide, let me get back, that one comes later. Joseph also is afraid. He's afraid to take Mary as his wife because, you see, she's pregnant out of wedlock. And that brings with it an awful lot of cultural and social stigma. And who wants to deal with that? He's afraid. And the angel comes to him and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child she bears is indeed the Son of God. And when he's born, you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then we see it where Mary and Joseph have to leave Nazareth. They have to travel to Bethlehem to be enrolled in the the census. And normally people would travel in large groups to be together and and to have protection. but, But right now Mary and Joseph are what we would say persona non grata. Nobody wants to be seen with them. They are not to be around. Because Mary's pregnant and they're not married. Don't want to associate with them. Their uh, social stigma might rub off on us. Their journey is a lengthy one, and you have to imagine that they're somewhat afraid. What inn is going to take them in? Where are they going to find their food? And who's going to fend off the thieves and the robbers that often lie along the way waiting to prey upon the travelers? Fear? And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. but no place to go. No roof over their heads, no house to stay in, no inn available, no VRBOs, no Airbnbs, nothing. 
here. There's a stable. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then the story shifts to shepherds who are watching their flocks at night. And the reason they're watching their flocks at night is because it's the lambing season and you got to keep away the lions, the tigers, and the bears. See, I knew you knew it. But you know, even though you're a shepherd and even though maybe you might be somewhat used to this, you know, remember in those days they don't have the high-powered, high uh, you know, they got little oil lamps if they have them or maybe a torch or two. And I, I guarantee it, any of you, you, you can relate to this, if you've ever been out camping in a tent, have you ever noticed the sounds of the woods at night are magnified a thousandfold? <gasps> what was that? And our imaginations start to play with us, and what happens? The fear starts to rise. Anybody pick up on the other thread that winds through this story? And suddenly, the angel appears, and the text tells us, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. You see, the world is filled with fear. It always has been. It started once the relationship with, with God was ruined in the garden by Adam and Eve. You remember, they went and hid themselves when they heard the footsteps of God wandering in the garden. And they hid themselves because they were naked and afraid. And the devil tries to use fear to drive a wedge between us and God. People then, they were afraid. Afraid that they might not have enough food to make it to the next day. Afraid that maybe they wouldn't have enough children to see to it that they were taken care of in, in their elder years. Afraid that maybe somehow they disappointed God because they didn't do everything right. Afraid that maybe God 
would forget them. We deal with fear in our world too. Look around. Church isn't as nearly full as it normally would be on Christmas Eve. We've been living with a virus, wondering if businesses are going to be able to stay open, if people are going to keep their jobs, or if someone might get it and die. We begin to let the fear take over. We begin to operate each day a little bit afraid. And we forget about God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we ought to be stupid and forget about masks and not social distance and all of those things. We need to be prudent people. But we can't let fear run us or rule our hearts and our lives. The shepherds who are afraid hear these words from the whole heavenly host. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all those with whom he is pleased. See that word peace also runs through our scripture readings tonight. It's a reminder that it is the peace of God which passes all of our human understanding words that you hear every time I preach. It's the peace of God that overcomes fear. It is Christ incarnate, the word made flesh the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. And think about it. This message of the angels changes the way the shepherds think. They're told by the angels, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so what do they do? They run off to Bethlehem. We know the story, right? Let me ask you this question. Who's watching the sheep? They left them. They left the lambs. Nobody's watching them. Lions and tigers and bears. And they go. And they find the baby. And they worship. No longer afraid. Knowing that God is Emmanuel. With us. And trusting in him. And even after they worship him. They don't go back to their flocks right away. Wondering if they're okay. They start telling other people 
of what they have heard and seen. See, God, by his Holy Spirit, drives out all fear. Sometime after Jesus is born, the Gospel of Matthew tells us about the Magi, the wise men who saw his star. They travel all the way from the east, from modern-day Iran, all the way to Jerusalem, looking for the one who is born King of the Jews. And naturally, the place you want to go is to the capital, and they ask Herod, who is king? Where is he who is born king of the Jews? And the text tells us that when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, that is, afraid, because he doesn't want to lose his throne. He knows what the prophecies say. He knows what it's all about. He knows about the Messiah. And he calls in and he finds out where is this child to be born And they tell him in Bethlehem. And he sends off the wise men to go to Bethlehem and find the child so that he too might come and worship him. But Herod has no idea of worshiping. He wants to hang on to his power and to his wealth, to his throne. And he plots to kill the Christ child. He's afraid. But the Magi go and they find the Christ child. And they bring to him their offerings. The treasure. Gold. Frankincense. Myrrh. And then being warned by God. They were told to return home by a different route and not to report back to Herod. And can you imagine that as they traveled, they're thinking the whole time, looking behind them, wondering, wondering if Herod's going to show up with his troops chasing them down. Perhaps a little fear there as well. The scriptures tell us that perfect love drives out fear. And that perfect love comes to us in this Christ child. This one who is born of an obscure line of David through Joseph. To a young couple that's not even married and who can probably barely make ends meet. He's born and wrapped in rags and laid in a manger. If you think about it, God sends his son into this world to have him start 
in the family business, at the lowest place in the company. So he can learn what it's like to be one of us. To live among us and to share our hurts and our pains. To know how we feel when we fail. How we struggle with our faith. And we wonder if God really cares. We sent him into our world. Son of Abraham. Son of David. Son of scandal with his family tree with all sorts of sinners filled in it. Son of Joseph, son of Mary, and the son of the Most High God, the one who brings us peace. We look to our Lord in times of fear. In the midst of things that we cannot understand, we find our comfort and our strength in him. In the midst of our struggles and our pains and our sorrows, we turn to him because he knows us and he suffered and died on a cross for each and every one of us. And that's where he wears the title, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace. And now hear the words once again. May the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the face of this fear, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.